Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this week's JA's Recipe for Success. My background might look a little bit different, uh, and uh, this week I decided to bring the show to you from the Marco Island, uh, the city of Marco Island, and uh, it's uh, it's a beautiful day, and the beach is out there calling my name for the weekend. So um, thought we'd have a change of scenery. I'm Laurie Salarulo, your host of the show and the proud CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida. Today's guest is someone who I have come to uh, love and admire and uh, just absolutely adore. Him and his family are, are amazing people in our community. Um, and so without further ado, I want to introduce you to today's guest. He is the VP of Optimum Associates, which is all about leadership and sales training. He is uh, the uh, commissioner of District 4 for the city of Fort Lauderdale. He is a traveling minister um, who does a lot of work within our churches and different ministries. He is the current police chaplain at the city of Hollywood Police Department. And most proudly, I know he is, well, maybe not most proudly, because there's the last one, the Lieutenant Commander of the Navy Reserves. But most proudly, he is the father of two amazing girls. And so welcome, Commissioner Ben Sorensen. How are you? you? I'm doing great, Lori. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Um, you know, you were on the top of my list as we went through shows. I know scheduling is always the tough, the beast of, the, of it all. Um, but I am just thrilled to have you here. So I mean, first of all, I don't know how you juggle it all. I mean, I can barely juggle, you know, Patrick, right? Kids, you know, relationships, job, house, now a condo. I, 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 yeah. So how do you do it? Uh, I don't sleep much. Um, <laughs> I really I really don't. And when we put our, our girls to bed, we have, a, you know, as you mentioned, a six-year-old and a four-year-old. I go to bed not soon thereafter. Uh, and then I get up very, very early and uh, have a lot of quiet time to to work and think and, and so forth. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, and you have such an amazing supportive wife. I know that recently you were studying, oh, there's one of the girls in the background. <laughs> I love it, bring her in. She can sit with us. Yes, they're on the, they're in the, in, in the TV room. <laughs> Listen, don't worry because Patrick's going to make an appearance. He does on every show, so not to worry. This is a family-friendly show. Um, so, just recently, I know that you were studying really, really hard to pass the commander um, exam. Talk a little bit about that. I want to thank you first of all, of course, for your service. Um, talk a little bit about you know your journey um, in service to our country. Oh, sure, sure, Lori. Thanks. Um, so. Uh, I, I grew up in Gainesville, Florida. I went to Emory uh, University in Atlanta, Georgia, and then I moved to New York City and worked there uh, right after college. I was living in New York City during 9-11. Um, so I experienced the horrendous attack uh, on New York City, on our country. Um, and then about five, six years later, I was studying law in London around the time where there was a bus and subway bombing there, if you remember that. I remember that, so, yeah. Yeah, so these two seminal moments in my life convinced me, and, and in London, I was literally walking around with a law school classmate who was a Marine and had literally just come back from Afghanistan um, being deployed there. And so I was walking around the streets of London after this horrific experience, 
and thinking that um, this is not acceptable. This attack on you know freedom and democracy around the world is not acceptable. And I committed to myself that after law school, I would join the military in some form or fashion to combat what I thought were really evil acts. Um, so I joined the Navy Reserves uh, as an intelligence officer, and that was almost 13 years ago. And it has been an amazing journey with the Navy of growth and development. And, and the most latest piece that you mentioned is uh, a commanding officer, officer in charge qualification. The Navy now more than ever has a very rigorous standard to evaluate is this person ethically sound? Are they? Do they have a leadership competency who's worth looking for? And so you have to study for, for me, it was years. And, and anyway, I went through the final board and uh, they, they gave me the, the seal of approval. So really, really honored, uh, excited. Wow. You should be, and we're honored that you're serving us in this way and the troops I'm sure that you'll be leading are very, very fortunate to have you, uh, having worked with you along the way. Um, and so you, you also are the VP of Optimum for leadership and sales training. So, I mean, leadership is just in your blood, Ben. I mean, sorry, I know you're a commissioner, but I call you Ben. So, um, so I, I talk a little bit. I mean, that obviously is something that you think you were born with that, or do you think that was something you developed? Because, you know, our kids get to listen to these videos. And so I want them to hear that sometimes we don't always start out the way they see us today. Yeah. Yeah. I, Lori, I remember early on in my career, uh, I, I went to boss and I was really interested in learning about leadership and actually looking at academic programs where I could learn to be a better leader. And I remember I went to boss and I said, hey, I'm really interested in this leadership program and learning more and becoming a better leader. You know, would that be all right if I, I did that um, in addition to working? And this person said to me, Ben, leaders are born. They're not made. And fundamentally, I just disagree with that. And, and right. even then, as a young person, I said, that does not make sense. And, and I remember that day, I said, I'm going to start looking for another job because I just don't feel like this is the right kind of mindset that, I, that, I, that aligns with me. So I really believe uh, we grow and develop as leaders. There's so much more I don't know than, than what I do know. And I think through a combination of experiences, through interacting and, and watching and listening and working with amazing people like you, Lori, um, and, and, and then uh, trying things out and experimenting with our leadership abilities and trying to do the right thing is how we grow and ultimately develop as leaders. Absolutely. I, I mean, I'm still, I, I think every position, every company I've been with, every boss I've worked with has brought me along my journey. And I know I love, like you, I'm a constant student of leadership. Yeah. Um, and because I think it's the, the right thing to do for our people, yep. right? If we're going, it's, you know, I look at, think about you with the Navy reserves and leading them. How can we do that? Right. If we aren't constantly trying to grow and leadership changes over the years, right? Today, Absolutely. it's all about people. It wasn't yep. like that years ago, you know? Yep. So talk a little bit about that. You know, you, you're leading troops of men and women, um, leading teams at the, you know, at the city of Fort Lauderdale, uh, in your company, leading teams that you're working with. <clears throat> Talk a little bit about that and, and how you believe and how you go about changing mindsets because, and behaviors, because that's really what it comes down to, Ben. Absolutely. 
Yeah. So one of the failings of the military, which was one of the reasons 9-11 happened, was we were not collaborating, coordinating well as a military. In other words, we had different parts, different agencies in the military that had different information, and we just weren't working with each other to understand and put the puzzle together. That to me is a critical component of effective leadership is bringing the pieces together. And when I think about the city of Fort Lauderdale, I am not even close to the smartest person on almost any topic. But what I think I do well at and what I really embrace is the ability to bring really smart people, really talented people together to work together to, to solve a problem, um, to help neighbors, uh, to fix issues in our city and, and to lead proactively. That to me has been one of the biggest uh, skill sets for me is saying, hey, I don't know all the pro all the solutions. Um, I know there are some issues. Please help me work with me and, and let's find a solution. That I think is is one of the key characteristics that that has helped me. And then the other piece is we're really emerging into this idea of what I call a woke leader, a leader that really understands the value of diversity, understands their own prejudice, prejudices, biases, privilege that they've grown up with and experienced, and can really challenge that internally and then look outward and do more than just say, oh, that's interesting. That that person's a different gender than me. That's, that's wonderful to have diversity. Or that person uh, is a different race or has a different orientation or has a different background. That's wonderful. We've got to go more than that. You've got to say, hey, that person's a different gender than me and, and they have a different background. What could they bring to my thinking, to my organization, to my efforts that actually I may not have myself that actually could make this effort even better, even stronger? So it's more than just uh, uh, embracing diversity. It's actually leveraging those who are diverse around us to get the best uh, bang for your buck in an organizational movement. Yeah, I think it's so important. And basically what I hear you saying is recognizing the value, right, that others can bring to our city, to our organizations, uh, to our communities, to our families. I mean, all, all of that. So and I love that, you know, before we got online, we talked a little bit about, you know, everybody's going through a lot the last eight months, right? We're, we're dealing with a lot of emotions. We're dealing with a lot of changes. Um, and, you know, everybody's use that word pivoting and, you know, yes, we have to be flexible. And so I listed all of those things that you're doing, right? Uh, you know, managing a family, managing a city, managing an organization, you know, in your leadership work, uh, but the, the city of, of Hollywood, working with the people there um, and managing that, you know, spiritually, mm -hmm. the commanding, you know, the, and the Navy reserves. How do you handle all of that, because I think that's so important, right? That that stress level, and how do you deal with that all? Because you always seem so calm, cool, and collected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes what's outside might not be what's going on inside for me. But, I mean, here's one of the things I really try to do, Lori, is I I really try to identify. You know, there's a great prayer that that basically revolves around this idea of, hey. Um, help me understand what I can control and what I can impact and let, help me release that which I cannot. So I really try to focus on what's in front of me that I can make a difference on. How can I help what's in front of me? And then the things that are bigger than me, bigger than my control, really uh, let those go and, and don't try to uh, take on the burden of stress around those. Another thing that I find really helpful is um, uh, taking time to be centered. And for me, it's in the morning. So early morning is when I, I kind of get a chance to do a little bit of exercise, 
Um, do a little bit of, of just quiet meditation, some breath work, just for a few minutes, just to kind of get centered. Um, I like to read a little bit of scripture. So for whatever someone might read to kind of help get them grounded. And that really helps, uh, I think, set a, a good foundation. And the other piece that I think is helpful in kind of navigating all these different pieces is um, realizing how our brain functions. So cognitively, what the research basically shows is when we're at times of stress, we operate in part of our brain that's called the limbic system. It's a more reactive, instinctual part of our brain. The more kind of long-term planning, uh, logical, rational part of your brain is called the neocortex. When we're in the limbic, we actually have a decreased ability for creativity, data processing, um, and identifying solutions. So it's trying to, even though you're stressed, frustrated, anxious, trying to move yourself into the neocortex. And I, I kind of do that either through some breaths or just through thinking, how am I thinking and saying to myself, okay, let me, let me kind of look at a, different ways to solve this problem. And let me realize this is not necessarily a, an imminent threat that's going to you know, tear apart my career. I have a little bit of time here. Let me try to figure out some solutions. Think logically, think rationally. And that helps too. Yeah, I love it. That's that's such good advice. You know, I think um, you're, they, they say that waking up early in the morning is obviously the best thing and, and the most successful people do get up uh, at that, those early hours of the morning. Um, and I think it does give you time to reflect. And I think that is so, so important. You know, and we all talk about how hard we're working. We're working hard and we're running and we're running and running. Um, it, you are handling so much. You're obviously working hard, but yet you're taking the time to take care of yourself. And that seems to be the key. Yeah, I think it really is important. And I'm not the greatest of this, but I try. So especially right now during very difficult times where we're pulled in so many different directions, I just encourage us all be selfish. And I'd encourage you to be selfish, Laurie. You know, you and I were talking before. Be self. What does that mean? Well, I think it means in, in difficult times, you know, take time to take breaks during the day, and and just force yourself to take breaks. Laurie, I like. I'll admit it. I like TMZ. I like knowing what Justin Bieber's doing. I like knowing what I was during the day i'll take a break and i'll just look at tmz or see what's going on or i'll turn on you know netflix and kind of watch some some you know some things that, that just kind of distract me a little bit or go outside with for a walk or hang out with your loved ones for a little bit at a time when you never would take breaks and you want know this virtual environment i think provides us with a great opportunity to say hey no actually i'm booked from for those 15 minutes sorry i've got another commitment you don't have to tell people why just i'm committed sorry i can't do it Take some breaks intentionally. I think it can really help. And what the research shows cognitively is those breaks actually allow for increased creativity and basically for your synaptic connections to kind of pull more things together and identify solutions. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And you know what? I think, you know, having this place now, I mean, even if it's on weekends, I mean, I didn't take a break even then. And now it's, you know what? I'm not opening that computer for two days. My brain needs to rest. I need to rest. I need to take care of me and recharge for the following week. And so I think you're so right, um, Ben, for sure. Um, you know, I think people look at you. They, they look at leaders along the way and they see us, like I said, today, you know, what, what they think is successful and all of that. It's not always an easy road. Right. Talk a little bit about, you know, maybe a time when you went through something where it wasn't going the way you thought it was going to go or or your your plan didn't quite turn out the way it was supposed to. How did you handle that? Right. Because I think it's so important for all of us to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
there's so many examples of me um, failing to achieve a goal of mine, uh, failing to do what I wanted to do. I mean, I, and I could go on for so long. I'll, I'll just give you maybe one example for me. Um, so there was, as I mentioned, there was this, I was very interested in learning about leadership and, and a friend of mine said, hey, there's a master's of leadership program you could, you could uh, apply to. And it was like a distance learning, learning program. This was years ago. So I said, awesome. So I applied to this uh, distance learning program and I thought it'd be amazing fit for me while I was still, while I was working. And the school came back to me and said, Hey, uh, you know, thanks for your application. Uh, but uh, you, you missed the deadline for the application. Our classes are actually starting next weekend. So you'll have to wait for another year before you can apply again. Lori, I'm not very patient. Uh, that's one of my faults. So I said, I said, there's no way I can like uh, try to expedite the application or get admitted, you know, on a contingent basis. They said, no, sorry, you know, look, go for next year. So I thought about it. So what I did is the day classes started, I went right to that school. I went, walked myself right into the admissions office. I said, hey, I said, is, um, you know, this admissions officer here, I forget, you know, what her name was, but is she here? And they said, yeah, sure. She's over here. Introduce me to her. I said, hi, I'm Ben Sorensen. And her kind of chin dropped. And she said, what are you doing here? I said, well, I know you told me, you know, that it's not possible to, to, to start enroll, being enrolled here, but I'm just so passionate about believing this is the right thing for me. Is there any way I could just sit in on a class today, maybe meet a professor or two and just see if there's any way I could audit a class or just start somehow? And I think because she thought I was, you know, a lunatic, she was like, sure, just get out of the office. The classes are down there. Anyway, I started sitting in classes and about, you know, a month later, I was admitted uh, conditionally and started the program. So I just say that in terms of, um, you know, be perseverant. We're going to get be told no all the time. And, and that's OK. And that's everyone experiences that. And if you're really passionate about keep trying. Yeah, I love it. You know, I have a friend who calls me relentless. Yeah. <laughs> At first, I didn't think it was a compliment. I, I was very upset. Um, and then I realized, wait a minute. Hell yeah, I'm relentless. I mean, that's when you believe in something, right? And you believe it's the right thing to do or to be or where, you know, where you should go. You know what? You got to go after it and you have to be relentless in the pursuit. And I love that about you. Um, and, you know, so you mentioned you're not very patient. I think that is absolutely a trait of most type A leaders like us. Um, and so I, I work on that constantly. It's actually one of the things I work on most as a leader because and my mom always laughs and she's like, honey, you're here. You already see down the road, but you got to help others, you know, get there. So I work on that a lot, but I have to, I'm kind of laughing because I'm thinking you're in government and you're not patient. No. Those two things don't typically go together. No offense to government, but it's very different than the corporate world. It moves a little slower and it's a little more status quo. And so how does someone with less patience, how, how do you make that work? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's for me, it's taking the best practices of business and high performing nonprofits and basically translating, applying those to government. So uh, in the military, it is my senior officers. It is unacceptable for me to say to them, 
oh, I'm working on it. I'll get back to you in a couple weeks around this, you know, very important intelligence. It's not acceptable. I cannot do that. I have to deliver quickly, efficiently, effectively. The same is true for the city of Fort Lauderdale. I do not want, whether it's a pothole or whether it's thinking about the, the long-term climate change impacts that we're experiencing in the city of Fort Lauderdale, I do not want to wait years and years to get either of those fixed and, and addressed and come up with a concrete plan and how to resolve that, that situation and, and move us forward as a city. So I am very much a persistent nagger uh, in the city and can say, hey, where are we? Just want to follow up and check in. And, and I also strive to get clear agreements. Can we get this pothole fixed? by the end of the week, uh, you know, by Friday of next week and getting clear agreements and understanding where this falls in priorities and then working to execute on those. And just speaking for the city of Fort Lauderdale, we have this amazing city team now that they just execute. There is not this kind of slow doldrums and, and waiting for things. And it's so exciting and, and, and fulfilling to see how quick government can act when I think you have great leaders like we have. You know, and I think, Ben, what you're talking about is changing culture. Yeah. Right. Because that was not the culture of right. city government years ago. Um, and, and that does take time. Uh, but you've been in how long now? Yeah, three years. Three years. Uh, and you've seen, have you seen that shift? Have you Absolutely. watched it? Absolutely. And for me, it's as a uh, elected official, my boss, my customers, are the residents of Fort Lauderdale. I need to deliver day in, day out to my customers, the people of the city of Fort Lauderdale. Well, what does that mean? Well, when I'm a customer for my cell phone or whatever it is, I want efficient service. I want transparency. I want solving problems. And so I strive to do the same thing. And so that's transparency in government, making sure people understand everything we're doing, making sure they can participate, making sure we're getting problems answered quickly, you know, responding to emails quickly, uh, phone calls, all that high, high efficiency. Because not only is it better for them, but it's better for me. I don't have a great, like, I don't remember everything. So I need to act quickly because I'm not going to remember everything and, and to get back and revisit it, you know, two weeks later. Yeah, that's where that's where good staff comes in, too, um, to help. And, and, and I was never good at that either, never good at delegating. So I always tried to remember everything in my head. But you really have to have the team. I, it's really interesting. Culture is something that, you know, I mean, you hear a lot about it these days, but it's something that we've intentionally been working on for the last three years. And it really is probably one of the most rewarding parts of my job as a leader. Um, you know, I've brought in lots of money and I've created programs for kids, which of course, you know, for me is, is what I'm all about. And all those things are great. But watching this culture change and watching the mindset of our team change to one of ownership and engagement. And like you said, wanting to deliver the best. We were on a, a meeting, a leadership meeting the other day. And, and what I heard them talking about, we were talking about vision. And uh, here's what I heard out of like three quarters of their mouth. We want to over deliver. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is like amazing. This is where we wanted to get to. And so you can tell it gets me really excited, but you know, watching people grow and watching them be empowered um, to want to do their best uh, and, and surpass the goals that, and expectations that we even give them is just amazing. But there are those people that don't want to be in those environments. Yep. And I, I don't know if you've experienced some of that, 
um, eventually, I guess they they kind of realize they don't belong in that environment, and they and they go on, they move on. Yep. Have you seen that too? Absolutely, absolutely. And and I think the key there is making sure you're giving them clear feedback around their opportunities to improve, being giving that feedback very behaviorally based. Here's what you did specifically. Um, not just saying you're not being uh, a team player, but say specifically, what did they say? What did they do? So that they understand specifically what you saw was the issue and specifically give them options how to improve, right? So, hey, yesterday at the team meeting, Susan was offering a suggestion and about halfway through her first sentence, you interrupted her and you said, excuse me, Susan. And then if you saw, Susan never finished her sentence and never got the loop back. So next time, what I just encourage you, if you could let Susan finish, and even if you disagree with her, that's great. Just let her finish, then say, Susan, I just had a question. And then you could, so give people the specific feedback around how to improve and what to do better. And over a period of time, if that improvement is not there, yes, I believe we have to, we have a duty as, as leaders and team members to find the right organization, help people get in the right seat. And if that's not yeah. your organization and your culture, then we're doing that person a disservice by keeping them in a place that's not a good fit for them. Yeah, absolutely. And Netflix is a great example of that. They, they will, you know, take it. Listen, you're amazing. Yeah. You're, this is just not the right thing for you to be amazing in, right? And so we want to help you find that and actually give them four months severance, which of course, as a nonprofit, we can't do. But um, but what you're talking about, Ben, is communication, right? Both ways, it has to be clear, um, the expectations, the feedback, um, all of that. And then of course, the other part of that is, and, and I, I have to assume this is something, especially with the service, you know, it's celebrating the successes, right? So how, how do we then, um, thank, appreciate, recognize, and celebrate around the people, right, and what they're doing, um, and and how the organization has or community has grown. Absolutely, and most of us give more critical feedback than positive feedback to our team right. members. More critical than positive. Why? Because critical is more of a threat to the organization, to the performance, and so forth. But we fail on the positive. You know, we had a rescue dog that was amazing for years, and I was always trying to teach her to sit. And when she would, when I'd say, sit, Lila, and she would sit, what would I do? I would give her a treat to reinforce that behavior, right? right. We don't do that enough with our employees and our team members. We've got to do a better job of saying, hey, and not just great job, but Again, it's behaviorally specific. Hey, Lori, excellent job asking that question at that team meeting. You see how when you asked that question, it led to this amazing conversation. And then you look back at the end and said, okay, now that we've had this great brainstorming session, now what should we take away and do with this? That was fantastic how you led that conversation. So be very specific in what they're doing. And not only from a work standpoint, I think about Lori, but I think about our loved ones, your loved ones, Patrick and so forth. Make sure we're giving them very specific feedback around what they did well. Yeah, it's so important that reinforcement, especially with our young people and our children. And I think that's what I love about what Jay does, right? Being able to, 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 to teach and model and share with them all the great things they're doing, right? Whether it's in, in our entrepreneurship program, which we're kicking off today, you know, whether it's 
the the company that wins the award or or the company that gets their product off the ground and maybe they didn't win the award but look what you did accomplish right and look what you've learned and you should be so proud of that and so i totally agree with you um on all of that so i you know, this could be a leadership uh, series with you. Um, and I love that. And I love, you know, what you are going out there and working with teams around leadership and sales. Um, you know, that has to be just so rewarding for you to watch teams change. Yeah, I love it because we can make a difference in people's lives. We can help them reach their full potential. And inevitably, and, and you know, I know you experience this too, Laurie, is you're helping people professionally, but the translation into their personal lives is as or even greater uh, profoundly uh, impactful. So it's awesome seeing exactly. that. Exactly. You know what? At the bottom line, the core of you, Ben, is about making a difference. And I love that about you. I think that's why you and I clicked when we first met. And, and that really is, somebody asked me that, what's your why? And I said, it's just always to make a difference, whether it's in a person, a child, a, a, an adult, a, a community, whatever it is, right? Um, that's just what drives us. You, my friends, there's just some amazing ingredients that came out of this discussion today. I'll just read off a couple, you know, um, but early on, you know, you knew you wanted to be a strong leader, uh, constant growth, experimenting with things, right, to see if they work or they don't work, um, recognizing the failings. You talked about recognizing the failings in the military, right, and then how can we address them through collaboration, bringing the pieces together. You're a connector. You're a fixer. Love that about you. Um, you know, being open to learn. Uh, and that is so important. We can never stop learning and growing, uh, understanding the value of diversity and what each person brings to the table. Uh, Decompartmentalizing, you talked about, right? And being able to, to not let one thing affect all the others. Um, and so I love that. Understanding what you can control and what you can change and what you can, right? Um, and trying to... Um, be centered, you know, making sure that you're taking care of yourself. And I love this. Be selfish. And it's really something I've been reading a lot about lately. And, you know, some people like Gary Vee, if you listen to some of his stuff, he'll say, oh, no, you need to be selfish. You need to take care of yourself. Then you listen to somebody else and they say, oh, no, it's not about you. It's about the people. And I'm kind of in saying it's a balance. Right. Yes. I've got to take care of them. But I also have to take care of me because I can't lead them if I'm not if I'm not good, right? And so I think it's finding that balance, which sometimes is more difficult, but um, never giving up. Perseverance, persistence, this came up several times in our conversation. Um, applying business, right? Just because something works in one thing, it can also work in another, applying business to government. Um, and setting clear expectations, changing culture around those expectations, clear feedback, specific feedback, um, positive end, uh, critical and and of course always wanting to do your best for whoever your customer is and, and wanting to over deliver and make sure that we give them what they need and so Ben these are just amazing ingredients both for our students as well as for those watching somebody on here does want to know where they can get one of those jackets um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll have to post that shinesty.com shinesty.com <laughs> that is great I love it and they probably have a collection, right? They do. They've got some interesting oh, ones. Yeah. Halloween's coming up, but we might have to get a Halloween one for Patrick. So um, all of those ingredients make up your recipe for success. But in every recipe, there is one main ingredient. What is your main ingredient? 
Wow. Um, I think the, the main ingredient, I guess, is, is I'd say love is love is, you know, I think we're here to, to love, honor and respect each other. Um, everyone, um, and not only giving out love, but receiving love. And it's so important that we feel loved, honored and respect and validated. And I think it's up to, to all of us to make sure that all members of our community are feeling the respect, love and, and, and honor from at minimum from ourselves. Um, yeah. So I think that's what uh, what we're called to do. I absolutely love that. That because if we do love and honor and respect each other, we can get through anything, yeah. right? This absolutely. country, our community, if we all would just begin to love more, honor yeah. more and respect more, we can get through any of this together. Yeah. We can, and, and we don't have to agree with people to love, honor and respect them. Exactly. We can, they are complete knuckleheads and disagree with everything they're saying, and we can still respect them and honor them as a, a fellow human being. Exactly. Wow. This is that, that, that's just an amazing, powerful way to end our time together. Um, you know, Commissioner, I, I am honored to know you. Uh, I am privileged. Uh, I learn from you every time I'm with you. I miss your big, tight hugs. Um, I can't wait to get back to that. Um, but it is so good to see your smiling face. Please give my best to Anna and the girls. Uh, miss seeing Anna, too. Um, and so thank you so much for being here with us today and for sharing your ingredients to success. Thank you for all your amazing work in the community, Lori. And I'm here to stand by and with you for whatever you need and for your amazing impact you're having in the world. Thank you. And you did. Uh, thank you to the city of Fort Lauderdale, Ben, to you for championing junior achievement. Um, we have to look. If I could leave off on one note, and, and I'm sorry, it may be a shameless plug, but I have to say it. What we are going through these days, what many of our families are going through, the hardship. If we don't understand how we need to make sure that every single family, every single child, every citizen should and must have access right to the information, to the knowledge, to the uh, experiences that they need to contribute not only personally right to their families, to our community, but so that they can recognize financial freedom, prosperity, we deserve that. We we all should have it. And I think, thank you for the investment that you're making in our young people, because, you know, I laugh because people are, you know, when they're cutting budgets or whatever, they're, they're wanting to help the adults and the family. Well, guess what? Some of our kids are going to be coming out into the world in a year or two that soon. And if they're not ready, Ben, we're going to end up in a similar situation the next time we have a crisis. That's right. You know, so, so thank you for your support. Thank you're you welcome. for your friendship. You're welcome. Thank you, everyone who's watching this morning. Um, and make sure you go out there and get one of those jackets. Um, <laughs> and uh, for every holiday, obviously. And uh, thanks for watching today. Uh, and to our students, uh, you, this can be you. Just remember to keep growing and keep learning uh, from people like our amazing Commissioner Sorensen. Um, next guest on our show will be Jack Kozakowski who uh, for me has been uh, somebody who I've watched over the last several years. He's the president and CEO of Junior Achievement USA. And so uh, we work together as a global organization. It'll be a pleasure to bring him. So thanks everyone for watching. Look forward to seeing you on our next episode of JA's Recipe for Success.
See you soon, Ben. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Laura.